Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Homeschooling Through High School podcast. I'm your host, Becky Simpkins. Today's episode is with my dear friend, co-host, partner in crime, veteran homeschooling mom, and now private tutor, Awaken Conference coordinator, and so much more. But most importantly, a disciple of Christ, Joy Vanderly. The Lord laid on her heart the issue of dealing with disappointments within our homeschooling lives. So it's the start of the school year and reality has set in. You're dealing with people's stuff, including your own, and you find yourself greatly disappointed. How do we get to the point of being disappointed? In today's episode, Joy and I begin to discuss how to recognize the patterns that lead to disappointments. This is part one of two. I can't wait for you to listen today. I would love to hear from you, so please email me at hthspodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Today I thought we would talk about dealing with disappointments. It's the beginning of the school year for most of us. Our expectations are high and reality usually hits on the first day, but often within the first few weeks and months of all of the wonderful things we've planned and now having to carry them out with real people, including ourselves, being real individuals with weaknesses and flaws and time constraints. And we can get discouraged. Plus, sometimes our kids don't act the way we think they should at all. And that can be really difficult to deal with. So, um, just to be really authentic, I thought it might be good to talk about some of the ways in which we get to the point where we're disappointed. Um, Like, if you can recognize the patterns that lead to disappointment, um, maybe you can cut it out sooner. A lot of us perhaps begin that path to disappointment by just having really um, high expectations that aren't um, couched in reality. (laughs) (laughs) And um, unmet expectations always, frequently, lead to bitterness, hardness of heart in ourselves and in our kids or towards our kids Mm -hmm. or towards our husbands. Of course, this can go in lots of different ways, but we're just going to focus on the homeschool relationship between parent and child today. Yes. But these are principles that are true across all relationships, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, If we go back to Charlotte Mason's principles, number one is that children are born persons but that means that the mother or the father is also a born person we each have the ability for good and for evil and either mom is great at planning and not good on follow through and carry through through the year or she does no planning and wings it all year and feels like she's let herself down and her kids down or She does plan and she does carry through, but maybe her kids don't respond the way she would like them to or she's expecting them to. And the things that we're working toward, an education that's joyful and um, kids who are delighted with learning new things 
may not be a reality in our homes. Of course, this could be due to multiple factors. You know, I think it is really important if you have that last situation, if learning isn't joyful. Um, are you brand new to homeschool? Working out the kinks. Are you working out the kinks? <laughs> are your kids, I mean, if you've come from a public school education, there is such a transition time because it's a whole new culture of being at home to be educated, of course. And um, it's not, you've been trained not to regard education as joyful. Exactly. It's a yeah. drudgery. It's mm -hmm. a, not even a duty. It's a drudgery. Mm -hmm. You're just a cog in a machine. You don't really have to think. You just need to perform output, input, output, input, output. You're just a machine. Yeah. But if you're going to follow a living books education, then you have to think, but your mind needs to like de-atrophy and come back to life. And that is something that takes time. Plus, if you're new to educating your kids or even thinking about having the responsibility to educate your kids and you're not confident, uh, that can definitely play a part in how your day unrolls. <laughs> There's so, so many places I want to go with all of that. That's so good, Joy. Um, I was just thinking about even, even though I'm in the latter half of homeschooling my kids, just a really um, clear example to me about my expectation I had of my kids in the morning doing homeschooling, coming downstairs. It's nice and cozy. We don't have the big bright overhead lights on. We all have our tea. We're snuggled up and I'm reading Bible and then we do poetry and history and the kids are really cozy and comfortable. And so they're starting to get tired and maybe not really able to focus. And this year, um, or I would sometimes get upset guys, come on, pay attention. Let's go here. And it was a, I, I created this mess, you know? So this year Eden said, mom, we need to do something more active because it's just so lovely. Mm -hmm. You know, basically I'm very comfortable. I feel loved. I feel safe. And you're reading and your voice is so soothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just want to go to sleep. I mean, I want to pay attention but I want to, I'm too comfortable. I'm too comfortable. And so this year we changed it up the first day, which was Monday. We did Bible. We had that discussion and then we're having science first, which for us, I know it's with the Charlotte Mason stuff. She always did Bible first, but we're switching it up. We're doing Bible last. We're ending our day mm. in God's word mm. and prayer um, and sending them off to do their stuff for the afternoon. Um, and it's been working well. We're upstairs where we have natural light. The coffee's near, the tea is near, the mm -hmm. breakfast is near, um, and they're doing something active. Mm -hmm. So that was an expectation I had of them to be ready to go and on it. And mm -hmm. I was then getting frustrated, but then it's such a simple fix of changing things up. And then I'm not disappointed in myself. Yes of not providing, doing the right thing. And I'm not disappointed in them for not paying attention. It was just a simple physical thing mm -hmm. that we needed to change up. So anyway, that's what I was thinking about while you were talking. And that's really good. Yeah. 
I changed things up a little bit for us this year too. And even I've noticed even moving, you don't have to stay in the same spot for no. school. You can do one subject sitting in your comfy chairs in the living room with your tea and your mm -hmm. blankets and then get up and move to the kitchen to do a science experiment. Mm -hmm. And we did that today and there was so much laughter and giggling and fun. It was That's awesome. very life-giving. Yeah. And we even had a discussion. My students that I tutor were saying how, because I tutor students and they have not, some of them have been home educated and some have not. Some have come from a public school, but one was telling me today that she felt the books were easier to understand. And she was like immediately captivated by the first sentence of a book and she just had this instant connection and she was having all these great thoughts and inspirations and i was so excited but i realized this is not her first year so like she's growing into it and there's so much to be said about growing into it and not ex we have a goal of, and we need to tweak things to get there but we're not going to arrive there immediately. And we should not plan that every day would be perfect. Exactly. It won't be. It just won't be. Right. And I think that's a huge part of dealing with disappointment is managing our expectations. And also, to do that, we really have to live in reality. I can't plan for school with like the joy in my mind who only lives there and she's perfect. I have to, <laughs> to plan in mind for, you know, the joy who really struggles during the winter mm -hmm. with seasonal affected disorder and feels really low and blah. And how am I going to counteract that so that I'm not letting down my students? Um, also my students, they're born persons. They will make mistakes. I will make mistakes. But if I'm living in reality and say, I'm holding this whole plan loosely, it's a great plan and there's room to move within it. It's a living education. Yes. And it's a life. Yes. And it's a discipline. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's not something that's going to happen immediately, even in one year. It's something that we work on consistently over time, which is just a really good reminder for those of us who want those Instagram worthy moments every day. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it um, Liz Cottrell who said the, having the expectation of one amazing day a year mm -hmm. homeschooling. I've just had two amazing days. I did. We have two. So I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I want to have many more. But I think what she's just saying is don't set yourself up yes. with an unrealistic expectation I mean, all of my students can read and mm -hmm. so on. And that makes a big difference. Right. And they all like each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Three different households there. Yes. Four different yeah. students. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they're wonderful. But I, yeah, just managing our expectations is really mm -hmm. what she was saying. But that doesn't mean we won't be disappointed. And we still have to learn to deal with the disappointment. We can help to not set ourselves up for disappointment by managing our expectations ahead of time. But this is a fallen world. We deal with sin all the time in ourselves and in other people. And what do we do when we are disappointed? We're disappointed with our relationship. 
with our student or our spouse or whatever, what can we do? And I was thinking how I process that. And I think the biggest thing is repentance because it, I think for myself, at least it usually starts with an unrealistic expectation. I'm expecting more of myself or other people that isn't necessarily a biblical expectation. And maybe I'm believing a lie about myself or others and I need to repent of that. Or maybe I'm believing a lie about God. And so repent. Easy to say. Mm -hmm. Sometimes hard to carry out. But I think if you can get your mind around starting there, it's a great beginning. And for myself, I go for a walk. Going for a walk just blows the cobwebs away. I just find it easier to then transition to a place of prayer and worship and kind of reset because when you're in that place of disappointment it can spiral downward so quickly to depression and other things and so I would say do the things you can do to reset so you don't repeat and I think even if you could write that down for yourself somewhere reset don't repeat then you begin to lift out of that downward cycle of disappointment and depression and so on. Right. There has been so many times in parenting and in other aspects of my life, and especially in homeschooling, where I almost needed permission to change things up mm-hmm. or to shift my mindset. And it's it's kind of funny that way. So you have permission <laughs> to reset. And if that means two hours just you in your closet, resetting, praying, or taking a week mm-hmm. off of homeschooling and just being outside mm-hmm. and baking together, whatever, or field trips, or that's okay. It's okay to put the books on a sh- on the shelf for a while and temporary. reset. I yeah. would say keep it temporary. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, you. we're, we're responsible mm-hmm. for our emotions, and we can recognize our emotions, And sometimes they're valid. There's a valid reason for our disappointment. But that doesn't mean that we have the right to stay there in that negative emotion. And I'm not saying if you're in a season of grieving that you don't grieve. I'm just saying it doesn't have to define everything that you do, per se, Mm -hmm. that we can still recognize that in the midst of that, it doesn't define who we are. Or who our kids are, because kids sure do go through hard times, and they have to deal with all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So I want to recognize the validity of hard times, but also recognizing in that hard time, I'm still responsible for my words and my actions. They're impactful. They impact the people around me. So I might be struggling, and it's going to come out in what I say and do. And again, that's why I said repentance is the first thing. It's so powerful when we ask forgiveness of our kids when we've done something wrong and then show them how we're working to Mm -hmm. turn that around. We We are also born persons who are working with the Holy Spirit to be what he's called us to be, just as they are. 
Thank you for joining us today. Part two of Dealing with Disappointments will be released in two weeks, as with all future episodes. They will be released on an every other week schedule. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider following the podcast or leaving a review. And as always, email me at hthspodcast at gmail.com if you need some encouragement, have questions, or want prayer.